you will grow with your child. That may feel like something you don't want to hear. It really is a transitional stage that's a beautiful place to walk through. It's not over. We can feel like, oh, we've hit a finish line. We're done. In some ways, some things are done, but in other, you're really just beginning. Welcome to the Midlife Moms Podcast. My name is Amelia Rhodes, your host, and joining me today is my co-host, Brenda Yoder. Hi, Brenda. Hi, Amelia. I'm excited to talk about our topic today. This is something that's on your brain. Today's topic is, whew, it's going to be tear-inducing probably. We'll see if I can hold it together. We're talking about readying to release. And as this comes out, we know it's the end of May, the 1st of June, and many of you have just sat through graduation ceremonies, whether it be for high school or for college, or you've made that recognition that you're turning the corner like my family is, and you have one that's now officially a senior. And this whole process of being ready to release is big. And we've seen these comments in the Facebook group. We look forward to hearing the conversation there around this, but we know a number of you have done that. You've just had graduations over the past week. You are preparing to move them into college over the summer, early fall, or like me, you're in that place of like, okay, wow, we're next. And you're watching all of those who just sat through graduation thinking, wow, only a short year from now, how did we get here already? And Brenda, you talk about this in your book, Fledge, that being ready to release. And I don't know that we ever really feel ready, but we can do things to be ready, I think, and hold attitudes and heart, you know, our heart in place. And it's never something that you're, it's like ready or not here it comes. (laughs) You can't avoid it. So Brenda, I know you've been through this a few times. Why don't you start our conversation? You know, for those of us that are entering this stage, what encouragement do you have? Yeah. The, the encouragement you have, which you don't feel in the moment is, um, you will grow with your child. And that may feel like something you don't want to hear because I know for me, when I wrote fledge, it was because I was stuck. I was stuck, not wanting my younger two to, to leave. I wasn't ready to give up all my kids being at home. I wasn't ready for the next stage. It really is a transitional stage. That's a beautiful place to walk through. And so I want to encourage you that as your kids leave, you don't become an empty nester right away. And to just encourage you to enjoy, really love your kids, but also grow with them. That's probably the biggest piece of advice I have is to grow with them because we rob both ourselves and our young adults of a beautiful relationship when we try to hold on and make them be what was. and make them kind of be the, the teenager, the dependent that they used to be, but are no longer as they're going to be young adults. I I love that reminder that it's not over. You're, you're going to grow with them, that your journey together isn't over. And that reminds me of a comment that Jennifer in the Facebook group made when I kind of posted something about this not long ago of like, ah, it's coming. My daughter's going to be a senior. And her daughter is in college coming home, getting ready to come home for the summer. And she said, it's really just beginning. And she commented on the beautiful relationship that she has with her daughter now that has grown over the past few years that she's been at college and her daughter's been away even, but just how she's loved watching who her daughter's becoming and even who she's become as a mom. So thanks for sharing that, Jennifer. That was really encouraging to me to realize it's, it's not over. We can feel like, oh, we've hit a finish line. We're done. 
in some ways, some things are done, but in other, you're really just beginning. And I've watched you go through that, Brenda, because I was your friend as you were writing Fledge and you were in that phase of not wanting this all to kind of end, but I've seen you grow through this. So what are some of the ways you would say that you've grown or that we grow as we enter this stage? I, I think first of all is acknowledging um, your grief. So I, I think that's part of it. And I talk a lot about grief in the first chapter of Fledge is acknowledging that part of moving forward is giving the space to, to grieve the losses because if we don't grieve the losses, we, we take those things with us in an unhealthy way. And we're always looking back and we're always remembering rather than living in the present. And I, I think that's probably the biggest way that I have, I guess one way I've grown is to consistently live in the present, which feels so um, chaotic at times because your head literally spins in this transitional period. Our youngest one, we just moved him into his apartment that he'll have with his new bride in four weeks. We did that last weekend. And that was really the last step of being in this transitional period of releasing your kids where they are on their own, but they're, they're not fully, you know, established or they're not fully their own person as, as that adult. Um, and they come home a lot, you know, there's kind of this tension or this revolving door of them, not just coming home, but coming back for advice. And, and they're still young enough. You still have a place for advice in their life, but you also need to respect their life as they're growing. And so I was really intentional about walking through all of those different dynamics in fledge, because if we, as parents don't grow in those areas, if we don't grow in giving up control, if we don't grow in learning how to have healthy boundaries with our kids and respecting their boundaries, if we don't learn how to grow in our own life while also helping them grow in their life, then we are stuck. Our relationship with them does not grow and change. And the family system feels almost like an empty tomb that becomes a mausoleum. And you don't want your relationship with your adult kids to be a mausoleum. I love a reminder that being present and not always looking back, we can celebrate what was, we can grieve maybe what was or what we're losing or what's changing, but to be in the present is so hard. I know I find myself always thinking back or thinking forward, and it's hard to stay grounded right here in this moment. And I've been working on that too, to truly savor and enjoy where I am. And I confess, I don't have that figured out. I'm trying to wrap my head around how do I stay here today, knowing that we're not promised tomorrow, but today truly is a gift. And I have found a couple things that have helped, but we'd love to hear from you. If you're in a Facebook group, if you're not come join us there on Facebook, what do you do to stay grounded in the present? One of the things that I've done is a habit of gratitude every day, writing down three things I'm grateful for. It could be from that morning or the day before as simple as yesterday was super sunny and I was able to be outside or we took a walk yesterday to get ice cream and the ice cream store was closed, but it was still fun to go for a walk, just truly savoring those little gifts of every day. And sometimes it's even just being aware of what I'm thinking about of, nope, 
worrying about tomorrow. Got to take no thought of tomorrow. That's what Jesus says. You know, don't worry about tomorrow, what you'll eat, what you'll wear. Um, cause your Lord knows what you need and being present right here in today and seeing the gifts around us for today. But Brenda, what are some things that you have done to help stay present? And I know that's been a journey for you as well. Yeah, I think, um, for myself, especially in thinking about big milestones, which was our last podcast episode, but as you do have a, a senior, perhaps who's graduating or, um, one who's leaving for the military or one who's going to be a senior or, um, or a young adult who doesn't know what their next steps are going to be. And that, that brings a whole host of other angst. Not everyone's path is so clearly laid out as some other teens for myself. I think that it's really important to let yourself experience and feel what you're thinking and feeling. So for some days that may be joy for, you know, and thinking about you, Amelia, thinking about a lot of these first and last that come together, whenever you have a big ending, um, it comes with first and last. And, you know, during the senior year, what that may mean is that you clear your schedule. I did that, um, for my kids, their senior years and some other significant years, I cleared my schedule and just told people, this is my last senior year and I'm not doing as many social events or your circles just get really small. Um, one year, my daughter actually had moved home after college. She was home for a year before she went to the mission field. And I decreased my work schedule that year because, um, she had been away at college 11 hours away and then lived, lived away from home for five years. And she was going to be living in another country for several years. And I wanted to be present with her. I think giving yourself the space to cry, to really note the really big moments. And then also just uh, give yourself time to reflect. I think that really is huge. I, I know for myself that when May came of a senior year, we've got four kids. So, you know, we went through that four times when I would go through their different papers and photos to put together for our graduation party that we had for them. I really gave myself the time to be by myself and really reflect, take everything in, shed the tears, and then give gratitude to God. Um, there's so much that we can be grateful for. And I think sometimes we focus so much on what we're losing that we miss what God has done in that child's life, in our relationship with them, in our own family life. And there's really a lot to celebrate. And as you're saying that, I'm thinking of, oh, this is true. There's a lot to celebrate. So many good things to be grateful for. And, and then at the same time, there are things that might be disappointing or disillusioning, or I've found even already, there've been a couple disappointments for my daughter that next year, things she'd hoped for, or classes she had wanted or activities they're they're already not turning out quite like she'd hoped and the year is not going to look entirely like she dreamed. And so there is this bit too, of thanking God for all the good, but also sitting in the, all oh, the disappointment maybe even the discouragement. And here's where I don't know where I'm going with this because I'm sitting in the middle of it. I'm like, we've already started to encounter a couple things like, uh, that's not what you'd hoped for. And we feel that with them too. And it's this process of not taking on 
their disappointment and discouragement as my own, but being there for them. And I think that's partly too, where you said clearing the schedule, because everything just feels a little bit bigger in this season because there's not another opportunity to do this again in high school, but that reminder that it's not over, there will be other opportunities in other areas of life. So I guess I'm kind of rambling because this, this is totally where I'm at. Like, what do you do with all of this? You've got these disappointments. <laughs> well, and, and I think that, you know, I was just thinking of a lot of the conversations we've had in the Facebook group, because I think what is true is that as your children do grow and become adults, young adults, as they start having their own journey, the walk with them through disappointments really is becomes part of the new normal. And for a lot of parents in this season of fledging their kids, we do become stuck because our hopes for them sometimes become disappointments. We may hope that they would have gone on to college or they would have entered a certain program, or they would have done kind of this plan that they had maybe talked about, but they make decisions now that we don't have influence over. And many of those decisions will be disappointing. Um, It may be that they get married before you had hoped they would, or they don't finish their college degree, or they don't go to college at all, or they feel lost, or they really develop unhealthy behavior, or they're in a relationship that you don't approve of. All of those things become part of your journey with them. And I can, I can tell everyone probably 100% that someone's going to go through some type of really big, disappointing experience with one of your kids as they walk through, especially through their twenties. And so handling that disappointment is really starting this new journey of really taking hands off and building a relationship with your child that is based on their life, their narrative, not our narrative for them. I think that's so key. And I remember somewhere in her teenage years, we were having a conversation and this shift happened where my daughter looked at me and she said, I'm not you. Yes. We're a lot alike. People even sometimes ask if we're sisters or twins, which I find is a great compliment. She may not, (laughs) but she made that line in the sand. And I'm so glad she did because I didn't realize I was doing it. I didn't realize I was projecting what I might have wanted or what maybe even I wished I had done onto her. And she just drew that line in the sand. I'm, I'm not you. And it was this real respectful. I respect you. You are you, but I am me. And I am going to make different decisions and choices. And my wants and wishes and desires are going to be different than you. And I know you've said before how healthy that is. And for us to recognize we aren't them and in their disappointment, we can be disappointed with them. But again, that's not for us to carry. We can pray for, we can come alongside. Um, And yeah, just recognizing that they have their path that God has designed for them Mm -hmm. and that we have to allow them to walk and make their own mistakes and missteps, which we have done on our, in our lives as well. I'm just remembering that we didn't do everything right. We didn't make all the decisions, right. We didn't get it all together. Um, but how God works even through that. And I think that's a big thing too, of just putting our trust in him, even when there's disappointment, even when there's been choices, we would have preferred they not make that all is not lost, that we have a big God who can work and does work through 
hard, hard situations. Yeah. And I think, um, two thoughts came to mind as you were talking about that. One is that our kids really do want autonomy and independence, and that's what they're designed for. That's the whole fledging process that God has designed is that they develop their strong wing feathers that are ready for flight. And a lot of moms get really bent out of shape, really, um, hurt and don't know what to do when their young adults start detaching from them, or they may not talk with them. I know there's been discussions maybe in the Facebook group, or maybe through some of my conversations around fledge where there's almost a, a disengagement from young adults with their parents, especially mom. And it's surprising to moms sometimes because they have poured so much into their kids. But I think sometimes when we have maybe overstepped boundaries or become so enmeshed in our children's lives that we don't develop good, healthy boundaries. And the only way that they know how to have a separate person, a separate life apart from mom is to to really disengaged. And sometimes I hear it, unfortunately, quite frequently from young adults who, um, who are estranged from their moms through a season of time because they just need space. And I really try to encourage moms going through this season or who really become so hurt when their young adult does kind of push away from them a little bit is that it's part of the natural process. And then I think back to who we were. I just remember on my own wedding day, I was upset with my mom about something. I can't even tell you what it was. And I was the youngest of four. So I kind of brought with me the baby syndrome. And I just remember thinking, I I remember being in my driveway of my childhood home. And I remember just thinking in a few more hours, I don't have to have her tell me what to do anymore. I just remember thinking that. And, you know, all of us, when we were 18, 20, 22 we didn't want our parents knowing everything about our lives, wanting to tell us everything. And so a lot of the angst that happens in a lot of relationships, I think, especially between moms and daughters, in addition to moms and boys, but I especially observe it between moms and daughters sometimes is that we really have to acknowledge the natural God's natural design. And part of the natural development is independence and autonomy. And when we try to hold on to that influence into that tie in their life. Like we had when they were teenagers or younger, it it's not natural and it's not, it needs to grow and change just as your relationship is growing and changing. Such a powerful reminder that it's healthy. It's good. It's part of the next process. And it doesn't mean you have less value in their life or that you're not valuable anymore. That's not it at all. It's just, they need you differently and to release and let go. Um, so important to remember. And I was talking with uh, a counselor recently and we were talking through some of these things of that next phase and that next stage. And she had said how it's, it's good and healthy to have a conversation about expectations going forward in that next phase. And she said how she had sat down, you know, with each of her daughters as they moved into college and young adulthood of like, here's what I would love. Here's what I would, I would love if we could 
connect once a week. Maybe it's over text. Just how was your week? You know, set some reasonable, she says, it's okay to ask for what you would like and come to an agreement of what that expectation will be of how much you're interacting. And I had, um, another friend who they were in another season of life where they were having their first grandkid. And then they had all these concerns of like, but they probably don't want us around. Like they were making assumptions of what their adult kids did or didn't want or how involved they wanted them to be or not be as the baby was coming. And they sat down with their son and daughter-in-law and had a conversation about expectations of what would you like from us? What, where can we be involved? How much would you like us around? Turned out what their kids hoped for was way different, better than what they had expected. And so sometimes we can put these assumptions out there of our kids want this or don't want this and really just have a conversation of what can we expect? What should we expect in the next stage? You know, can we talk once a week over text or a weekly phone call for 20 minutes, set some healthy boundary that then you've just cleared the air of what you all hope for in the relationship. Yeah. And I want to talk, especially to a lot of moms who may be listening, who are having kids come home for the summer, because that opens up a whole different door because, um, the summer schedule is crazy. And we had this revolving door for 13 years for 13 years, um, was when our first one went to college until our last one, you know, is leaving home to become married. And there's this revolving door of kids coming home. And that's one reason I wrote fledge was there was nothing out there about this season when you are not empty nest, complete empty nesters yet, but you're still raising kids. And these, these kids come and go and your parenting relationship with your young adult college student who's coming home is different than the ones you're still raising. And, um, I think having that conversation with your kids when they come home, whether it's for the summer, for the weekend, for a special event is really important to ask them, what do you need coming home? Because as a parent, your, you have your own expectations, right? You want to grab them the minute that they walk in the door and not leave their side when they may be coming home because they've been with a roommate for, you know, for nine months and they just want space to themselves. They might need to decompress my youngest one. And I just recently had that conversation as he was home for spring break. He just kind of said, mom, I've got a lot of homework to do. I'm looking forward to being home, but I also just need time by myself because he's on a sports team. He's got a roommate. He works, he's constantly around people all the time. And he just needed some time to himself. And, and those conversations have been good. And my, my daughter, who's been on the mission field because she would come home for um, for longer periods of time, when she would come home, it would be for two to three weeks at a time, which is a little bit longer. And she would kind of just say, mom, when I'm home this time, this is what I need. And that was so helpful to me because then I don't take things personally. And, um, I've learned to just ask that question when you come home this weekend, is there anything particular you need? I think that's just such a good way to set up for success in your relationship and knowing that it's shifted and changed and not to take it personally. So as we kind of wrap this episode, we'd love to hear from you in the Facebook group, how this sits, how are you getting ready to release? Have you had conversations like this or even ask questions and resource the group? There've been such great conversations, but know that we're with you and we're for you and we're praying for you as you enter summer, whatever that may mean, all the changes that come with kids coming and going throughout the summer. So Brenda, how, what final encouragement would you give us? Um, we're going to grow with our kids, give space to grieve the losses, 
to speak up for what we need and what we'd like, but also to hear what they need. Final encouragement as we head into final, summer. Final encouragement, just enjoy your kids where they are. I think that's, that's the bottom line. And during this season, you aren't, you are not guaranteed any additional time with them. Enjoy where they are now. Don't look too far ahead. Just don't do it. Don't look behind. That's what I was stuck in. The reason that I wrote Fledge was I didn't know how to get myself out of this season of looking behind and not looking forward to what was ahead. And um, just enjoy your kids where they are. Again, we'd love to see you in our Facebook group. You can search for us, Midlife Moms Community and Podcast. And we'd love to ask that question in the group. How are you just enjoying your kids now where they are? How do you keep from looking back too much? And how do you keep from worrying too much about the future and looking forward and just enjoying where they are right now? Thanks so much for joining us. Happy summer. We're going to keep recording as we can throughout the next few weeks, but we're glad you're here. and We look forward to seeing you in the Facebook group. Bye everyone.